It's a new day. Yes, it is. Wakey, wakey. Time to get up. Good morning, citizens. Open at them. Crash and shine. This is your wake-up call, people. Come on, the coffee's on. We're going to get you guys circulating on Christian radio. I understand young people. I know what's hip. I know what's on. I know what's lit. I know what's fleet. What's up, my nerds? Nerds! I work with a bunch of nerds. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Shine nerds. Welcome to the Back Row Morning Show, a part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network and the official exclusive morning show for LTN Radio. I'm Radio Matt. I'm the station manager for LTN Radio, a third generation radio dude and a lifelong nerd. Also, I am the reigning, defending, two words, podcast championship title belt holder. I heard that. And I'm Mo, the shorter yet louder, and some might even say smarter counterpart of the Back Row. I'm a wife, mom, and super fan of all things friends. And a super fan of reality television. Ugh, too much, though, yeah. Yeah. I want to know who these some people might be that uh, would say that you're smarter. Because uh, <laughs> your husband has to say that. So, you know, <laughs> he can't count. How did you know that's what I was going to say? <laughs> I, bet, I bet Kara would say that I'm smarter than you. Kara knows you. Uh, today on the show, <laughs> how churches can keep young adults. Uh, We've also got a Who Said It quiz, Twitter poll, five random facts, and more. But first, today is Monday, March 1st. It's March. I know. My goodness. I, yeah. 2021. And we got some holidays to celebrate. That's right. It is National Peanut Butter Lovers Day. Mm-hmm. Are you a peanut butter lover? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I enjoy peanut butter. I wouldn't say that I'm a lover. But I enjoy peanut butter. I love peanut butter to an inappropriate level. Ew. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> uh, hey, but I do love this one. It's National Pig Day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I, is, now, is that like we celebrate the pig as the animal or as the food? See, I was going to say I prefer my pig dead. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I feel like that would be National Pork Day at that point, right? Yeah. Or... Preferably, the North Carolinian in me is National Pig Picking Day. Pig Picking. Pig Picking. Yeah, that would be like my favorite holiday ever. Is that where parents take their children out to the farm to pick the pig they're going to slaughter for the food for the winter? No. (laughs) No, that's just where they slice open a pig halfway and put it over top of a huge, uh, not grill, I can't think of the word, fire pit. Fire pit, yeah, yeah. Cook it until mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all you have Seen to do that. is walk up and pick the meat off of it. Oh, <laughs> it, it, mm. it grosses me out. I've oh, seen, I've it. seen it. Like I think a man versus food was the most recent I saw that, where they just split a pig in half. Yeah, flattened it out like when you cut a hot dog in half. Yep, and uh, mm-hmm. cook it essentially the same way. Yeah, uh huh. Whole thing. It's too much. It's too Except much. For the I can't even do. I can't even do like bone in food because it makes it grosses me out i don't want to think about my food as a living creature that much yeah to where i'm like oh this was this was a skeleton yeah that i'm gnawing on yeah (laughs) that it just it's too much well 
well, but see, you don't necessarily get the bone. No, 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 no. I'm, I know that. But you're also but you looking can, at a yeah, giant okay. pig sliced I, in half and folded open, and that grosses me out. Okay. <laughs> I can't fair. imagine I'm the only one, right? Oh, no. You're yeah. definitely not. It I, is, it's a regional thing, I know. Sure. Mm-hmm. So I, you, got, you almost get desensitized to it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I wouldn't be able to. I wouldn't even be able to try any meat off of it. Just someone would have to go get me meat and yeah. bring it to me. Yeah. And I'd have to be facing the other way. Oh. <laughs> if, I'm a weenie. I'm a weenie. What can I say? If we could figure out how to do it right, like for the last eight years, that's something that we've been trying to figure out how to do. Yeah. And we just can't. We cannot I don't know. figure it out. But I don't man. know. I don't know. That's North Carolina in a meal. <laughs> uh, it's also World Compliment Day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So compliment the world. Okay, good. I yeah. thought we were going to have to compliment each other. No. Mm-mm. That doesn't sound fun. Yeah. <laughs> I would have to think very hard. And my brain's just not going to work that way on a Monday morning. Uh, Sorry. How has your week been, Mo? <laughs> um, no you snow this week. It was good. No snow. Yeah. However, we're supposed to have snow this week. We're getting more snow? So, what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Yes. You, you tell us about the, the week. I have to check the weather <laughs> right now. Um, I Actually, I told you before we started recording that this has been the first week since having COVID that I have felt, as a majority, most days, like myself again. Like not, not gross? Yeah. Not dragon, not exhausted, not like, you know, just... The mere act of getting up and functioning mm. requires every single cell within my body to work at 100%. Mm. Yeah, the opposite for me. This week has been one of the more, like, I, I just I just sit, I do nothing. I feel like I've slept really well. Yeah. But I'm just exhausted. Not to the, like, not to the level that, you know, I felt when I had COVID. Just, mm-hmm. I could not even open my eyes or function i can still function but i do find myself just dozing off mm-hmm. out of nowhere and uh migraines i was telling you that before too migraines have just i have never been a person to get headaches let alone migraines yeah like before covid hit i said i could count the number of like significant headaches i remember on one hand yeah and now it's like roughly every four or five days i'll have a migraine for several hours that I just can't shake and it just incapacitates me. I can't focus. I can't do anything. Uh, last, the uh, this past Thursday, we were doing Celebrate Recovery. We do Celebrate Recovery at our church on Thursdays. And I was supposed to be giving a lesson because we were, we had to, we had to cancel it two weeks this, this year already because both because of COVID and the snow and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so because of that, we were two lessons behind. And so I was trying to catch up to where we were supposed to be. So I was, we, you know, you go lesson night, testimony night every other week. Right. So I was skipping a testimony and I was going to do three lesson nights in a row. And this was going to be the last lesson night. And I was printing everything out and I'm standing there in the office about to like make copies and all this. And I'm just like, I can't do it. I can't do it tonight. <laughs> so I just gave up. I'm like, we're doing a testimony. Can't do it. <laughs> can't do it, guys. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, it was brutal. Yeah. And I just sat in the back while the testimony video played, just writhing in the sound booth the whole time. Yeah. It was awful. So not this past week, but the week before, that's how I was feeling. Yeah. I, it was 
exhausting. Everything that I did just drained me to the point to where I even started to wonder, like, do I have COVID again? Do I catch it again? There's, <laughs> you're supposed to not be able to get it for three months, right? Like, right, three to six months, I they say. I yeah. don't understand. As what if is anybody happening? really knows. We still, yeah, exactly. everything's still changing. Exactly. Um, have you been wearing all three of your masks at once, Mo? Well, like the doctors tell us to now, you know, I, I wear two at a time, but not three. <laughs> so maybe that's what I need to do. <laughs> oh, just a side note. We're like a year into this and now they're telling us, you know, maybe you should wear two. Two's better. So this whole time we've been wearing one has been what? Nothing. Didn't work. Didn't work at all. Cause one was like the gold standard for a year. Not two, two or three. You know, wear a disposable one and a cloth one. Then you'll be safe. Listen, I really hope that the schools don't pick up on that because I am just now getting to the point to where I can comfortably wear my mask throughout one, the yeah. day to where I'm not like constantly, oh, got to pull this down. Right. I don't care if I get caught. I don't care. <laughs> and now like I make it halfway or three quarters of the way through the day and I'm like, oh. I still have my mask on. <laughs> Patting myself on the back. Way to go. You did it. Good for you. You forgot about it for a while. Right? That was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please don't make us wear two. Please. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they're rolling out the vaccines and everything, of course. We've we've hit, I think, what was it, se- seven, 7 million vaccines have been given out? No, that doesn't sound right. I have no idea. 70 million? I have no idea. A lot. A heck ton have been given out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Johnson & Johnson has gotten into the game. And their vaccine, apparently, is just a one-doser. You don't have to have it two or three times. Meanwhile, Moderna, who's been pushing out the two-one, has recently come back and said, maybe you should get a third as well. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, gosh, three of those? We have friends who uh, have gotten them. Mm-hmm. They just got their second one. The first one, you know, it was rough, but not like don't go to work rough mm-hmm. they got their second one they're on like day three of just feeling absolute garbage dragging yeah yeah i've actually heard that the second dose is the worst mm-hmm. um and that if you've had covid if you've tested positive then the side effects from the second dose are even more oh, worse for you. That's fun. I don't understand how or why. I mean, <laughs> remember everything that we've all heard for the last, what, almost 365 days now? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it was March. It was March yeah. when we really started uh-huh. jumping into this mess. Yep. So we're, yeah, we're coming up on our anniversary, guys. <laughs> we are coming COVID, up. Covidversary. Yep. A coversary. Um, the. I guess we'd call it coronaversary, right? Because we were all calling it coronavirus for the longest time, and then it just switched to COVID. And when did that know. happen? Do you remember that? Like we didn't call it COVID at all at the very beginning. I don't know. I just know it's that my kids thought for the longest time that it was COVID nineteen because of two thousand nineteen because it was. They thought, well, it was created in 2019, right? So that's why they thought it was COVID-19. That is why. Is it? Yeah. Shut up. That's why. No. Yes. The strain was first discovered in 2019. No, but I thought that it had something to do with how many (laughs) 
okay. No, uh, that's what. <laughs> My kids are geniuses, y'all. They are absolutely brilliant. I'm ninety percent sure that's why. Like, I feel like I've heard that from. See, and I heard it early on, but I thought that it was a joke. Like, I thought that people were like, "No, that's not really why it's 19." It had something to do with the virus itself and the way that it attacks. Mm. And I no, I'm I'm almost certain it really is has to do with the year. But I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. I've been operating under that assumption. This is why I make a good um, <laughs> co-host, because I don't mind looking dumb in front of people. Well, I mean, never mind. I'm not going to go there. It's World Compliment Day. I can't go there. Uh, wow. So we got... <laughs> Doesn't take a lot, Mo. <laughs> I was going to say... Oh, gosh. Here we I go. I was going to say, it just happens so often. You're used to it now. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't mind looking dumb. Uh, I really don't. Our our Thursday show, our our rewind for this week, uh, is an episode where you were extremely tired to the point of loopiness. And I was either like too hopped up on caffeine or something to the point of loopiness. But we were just... And we were both like giggles and under- gab. misunderstanding things. Like, what are you talking about? It was like it was the silliest, one of the funniest episodes. But yeah, <laughs> that's what that reminds That's me exciting. Of. Yeah. We both sounded pretty dumb back then. <laughs> <laughs> We've come a long way. Every now and then, I just have to remind myself of where we started. <laughs> what? Sorry, Jeez. my wife is messaging me. Uh, alrighty. So let's uh, let's take a break right here. When we come back, uh, some funny tweets. But first, a new nerdy definition. Stick around. We here at LTN Radio know that not everybody is nerdy in the same ways. You might find yourself in a situation where you hear a word or phrase that you've never seen before and have no idea what it means. Well, have no fear. We're here to help. Today's term is vibranium. Now, of course, you might recognize the name of this fictitious metal from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, making up Cap Shield, Winter Soldier's latest arm, Black Panther's suit, and I'm pretty sure it's half of Vision. But here's a little bit of history on the rare metallic ore. Theorized to have been first deposited on Earth by a meteorite a million years ago, the material has long been hypothesized to be extraterrestrial in origin. Captain Marvel inadvertently proved this theory to be true during a scuffle between survivors of the Builder's attack and the Spartex Empire, who had relocated them to Torfa, where the latter had begun poisoning the planet and the refugee population by using an unsafe technique to secretly mine vibranium for use in rebuilding their fleets. However, although vibranium was once mined on a number of planets, all those mines have apparently been exhausted. As a result, aside from the planets of Earth and Torfa, there are no known stores of vibranium left in the Milky Way. There are said to be five different types of vibranium on Earth, and the most well-known is Wakandan. I'm Radio Mad, and I hope I've made your life just a little bit nerdier. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And we've got some funny tweets for you coming up. And later in the show, we're going to talk about the ways churches can hold on to young adults. But before we do anything else, I've got five random facts for you. Bring them. In my hand and ready. 
Are they pig facts? Nope. Okay. They're peanut butter facts. Ooh. Peanut butter jelly time. <laughs> uh, it takes about 540 peanuts to make a 12-ounce jar of peanut butter. Wow. Mm-hmm. I believe that. The average person will eat 3,000 peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in their lifetime, and the average adult eats three peanut butter and jellies a month. Yeah, yeah, that sounds accurate. That sounds accurate. Not for me. I don't do the jelly. I just use straight peanut butter. I don't like peanut butter and jelly. Unless it's an Uncrustable. Mm. Nope. Those Uncrustables, hot dang. Mm-mm. They came out when we were in high school. And we had those, here we had like little snack carts. Uh-huh. And they always had those, and I would always buy one. Them snack carts in high school. The best. Matt tells a lot of stories about them. They had Papa John's pizza. Individual little Papa John pizzas. Listen, I think that the, the snack carts was the most brilliant idea. We didn't have them, but every time that you talk about your high school mm-hmm. snack cart, I'm always like, man. Deidre would go get this giant blueberry bagel with strawberry cream cheese from it every day. I don't know why. I mean, you can't do it now because it's <laughs> no, not. No, no, no. Not COVID compliant. <laughs> but, <clears throat> um, both Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson. That. Yep. Both Thomas Jeffersons? Just listen to me. Both <laughs> Thomas Jefferson and Jimmy Carter were peanut farmers prior to being president. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. There are six cities in the United States named Peanut. Peanut, California. Upper Peanut, Pennsylvania. Lower Peanut, Pennsylvania. Peanut, Tennessee. And Peanut, West Virginia. <laughs> I live in Upper Peanut. <laughs> yeah. Not like those Lower Peanut uh-huh. people. Yeah, exactly. The slums of the Lower Peanut. <laughs> yep. And the average European eats less than a tablespoon of peanut butter a year. What's wrong with them? They don't have peanut butter. Why? It's an American thing. No. Yes. Really? Dead serious. Really? You could not buy peanut butter on the economy in Italy. They have Nutella. Yeah, but, but aren't they close enough cousins that you have both? So honestly, I'm not 100% sure on the reasons, but I don't believe you can farm peanuts in Europe. I don't think that the um, climate and landscape is conducive hmm. to peanut farming. Is it just too expensive to ship? To, yes, guess. to ship peanut butter over. Yes. Weird. Mm-hmm. Weird. Yep. But that was the one thing. That's why Australia's always eating Vegemite. Maybe. That's <laughs> all we can grow down here. Uh, mold spread. Our landlord, because we lived on the economy, and so our landlord was Italian. Yeah. And as Christmas gifts or, you know, a thank you gift, whatever... We would give her jars of peanut butter from the commissary. From the, from the BX, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Weird. she it was like gold to them. They loved it. You How just, much were you paying for peanut butter? Oh, you know, it was more expensive, but it wasn't prohibitively so. Yeah, I wanna say a jar was about three fifty to four dollars, yeah, depending that's not on terrible. The, yeah, the brand that you bought. Yeah, and that's how much we pay for it now. 
True. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. Well, Twitter is a toxic dumpster fire these days. I need to tell you that. But there are still some people trying to be funny out there. So here are a few tweets that are worth a chuckle. And uh, this, is, <laughs> this is, I picked this, this list because of something that you posted this past week. I think it was this past week. Okay. Where apparently side parts are out. Yes. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> you got to do middle parts now. Mm -hmm. uh, so we got side parts are out. We got skinny jeans are out. Mm -hmm. And they're wearing like these weird mom jean looking things now. Mm -hmm. And the cry emoji, laughing cry emoji. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like that's not how you're supposed to laugh anymore. So all of these are uh, millennials responding essentially to Gen Zers who are telling them all of our stuff is outdated now. So. Okay. First off comes from uh, Joshua Vision. He writes, me, when Gen Z tries to tell me which emojis you can and can't use. And it's a picture from, uh, it's a scene from Chronicles of Narnia where Aslan says, do not cite the deep magic to me, which I was there when it was written. <laughs> emojis are our things, guys. Yeah. I mean, I'm considering us millennials because we're zennials. Yeah. We lean in the millennial mm -hmm. category. Very much. So. <clears throat> and oh, this one gosh. was funny. Uh, Gabriel uh, Moss says, reading a lot about how Gen Z hates millennials for our dumb side parts, as if middle parts were not a key part of our proud millennial heritage. We got Jonathan Taylor Thomas from uh -huh. Home Improvement here. We got Ryder Strong. Ryder Strong from Boy Meets, Boy Meets World. World. Both. Yeah. That middle side part yep. thing. Yeah. Uh, I even rocked that a little bit in high school uh, with my bleach blonde hair. When it wasn't spiky, it was middle part. Yeah. And then, so we did that, guys. Listen. And let it me... didn't look great then either. I think, <laughs> but it honestly, back then, it did. Mm -hmm. Well, right really strong. Right strong could do it. Jonathan Taylor Thomas, it just became part of his signature look. Yeah. But I never like I'm looking at it right now. It looks bad. Yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> I got to say, though, the best, hands down, best TikTok that's going around right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. It is a voiceover of a girl. I'm assuming she's. Gen Z. Uh-huh. Um, saying, oh, I dare you to show me somebody who doesn't look better with a middle part. Go ahead. Do it. Show me your hair with the side part. Okay. Now let me see it with the middle part. And it's men who are videoing with this voiceover. And so they've got, you know, they're doing the whole selfie thing. Okay, go ahead. Show me your side part. And so they've got their hair parted like, mm -hmm. like most men do. Mm -hmm. And then it says, okay, now show me your middle part. And they have the whole Jonathan Taylor <laughs> Thomas look, middle part. <laughs> hair straight completely down around their mm -hmm. forehead and they just look like total goofballs yeah. and it's like mm-hmm yeah uh, for the Call record all you love thy nerd aficionados uh, Bubba Stalkup also rocked the middle part all all his childhood that I knew him and uh, can't say it looked great then either <laughs> Listen, I just think what we need to do is have visual proof of all of this. So everyone who... The only picture that I have of my hair parted in the middle was directly after I smashed my face into the side of a truck at camp. Oh, so it's so a So I'm great holding picture. my nose as it's bleeding and Deidre is sitting next to me with her arm on my shoulder but smiling. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. I'm concerned for him, but this is also a photo this opportunity. Is hilarious. 
I passed out. I passed out for 30 seconds. You know, when you tell me that you pass out, I don't, it doesn't phase me anymore. Like I used to be like, really? I do it a lot for bad reasons. Yeah, no. Mm -hmm. Stupid reasons. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right. Next up. Written by Ahmad says, Gen Z think they're so much smarter than their parents for not falling for Facebook conspiracy theories, only to end up falling for TikTok conspiracy theories instead. Hashtag facts. I mean, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Where's the lie? Uh, <laughs> Pate underscore Gardner. Gen Z doesn't use the laughing cry emoji because their friends aren't funny. Oh. <laughs> Do you really know the real reason why they say not to use it? Um, what's the real reason they say not to use it? It's a trigger. A trigger for what? It's a trigger. So if you say something in a text Uh and your friend responds with the laugh and cry emoji and you didn't mean for it to be funny or whatever, it could be a trigger for that person Mm -hmm. that they now are distraught and can't handle the fact that what you told them what you, this thought or feeling or whatever that you gave to them, shared with them, is now being considered a joke. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm trying to keep my eyes from rolling into the back of my head. But they just replaced it with the skull emoji. Yeah. Meaning that's so funny I'm dead. Yeah. And so wouldn't that same problem still occur? Listen, I it's think It's just the all skull, emojis. I think the skull emoji... Skull emoji. Skull emoji. Is more of a trigger than the laugh and cry emoji. Right. Like, what if I know someone who's dead? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> For real. Oh gosh. Oh yeah yeah. Okay. It, it's this generation. <laughs> At Sergeant Jody said, "You know who wore middle parts? My parents' generation. Ditto mom jeans." In your effort to look cool, you're emulating boomers. Let that sink in. <laughs> it, I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, I'm curious if it started prior to the 60s. Like, yeah, maybe. you know what I mean? Because that's the first time that we can really look back and see yeah. middle parts and mm-hmm. mom jeans mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. flare leg jeans, you know, and the peasant tops that are coming out again. Yeah. And, yeah. I don't hate those. I, I actually really yeah. like them. Yeah, I don't hate honestly. those. Honestly. Uh, number 10 from Michael Benjamin said, and this plays into your, your story about the emoji. Gen Z will, will be like, something so traumatic happened to me yesterday. And it's like they were in traffic. Mm hmm. <laughs> mm hmm. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maria Wajdubikowski. That's Ooh, not how okay. it is, but it looks like it. Wachiachowski. Uh, <laughs> Wachiachowski. Uh, if Gen Z hates millennials now, just wait until they try to get promoted to our jobs, but we're too broke to retire. <laughs> Mind your business. <laughs> You don't got to be sharing all of our truth here, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Columbia Skies says, why does TikTok Gen Z hate side parts? My hair grows this way. I'm not destroying my hair with overheating it on a daily basis just because some 19-year-olds on a video app said side parts make you look old. I mean. 
Sure. I mean, Whatever. when I had hair, it grew in a part, side part. Hmm. Do, you okay. ever, do you have a crown? Mm-hmm. You have a crown that's ruined. Like it Every- ruins everything. I know everybody does, but like, do you have one that's persnickety? One that would oh no ruin your hair? No, but here's a funny story. My husband and his brother have the exact same crown. Really? Mm-hmm. All of our boys, Topher, Cannon, Nick's son, Eli, they all have the, the same. exact same one? The only reason I know is because Samantha has cut all five of their hair. <laughs> and when she cut Nick and Eli's hair, she was like, wow, y'all have the exact same crown as Chris and the boys. It's really kind of That's neat. interesting. Yeah. I don't know uh, how we got on that. <laughs> Markedly says, Gen Zers parting their hair in the middle is a cry for help. We absolutely must repair the world for them. Yeah. <laughs> Ali Pishak says, Gen Z is days away from discovering the zigzag middle part. Yes. I have thought this multiple times. Multiple times. <laughs> it is one of the things that makes me most excited about the middle part. Like... Middle part means really soon we're going to have a zigzag part. And that (laughs) makes me happy. You know what's on Target shelves right now? The butterfly clips. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yes. Wow. The little itty bitty ones that actually really look like butterflies. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. (laughs) Yep. So excited. Wow. Uh, At Sammy Automatic says... All the discourse about what Gen Z thinks is uncool about millennials kind of makes me want to be, like, aggressively millennial just to mess with them a little. The tightest skinny jeans I can find, an extreme side part, rose gold jewelry, and a millennial pink shirt that says adulting. Sure. Let's all do it. We'll pick one day out of the year, and we just all do it. (laughs) Why not? And let's see. One more here. (laughs) <laughs> at Abigail 15 says, I might have a side part in skinny jeans, but I can buy wine. That's... <laughs> if that's not a quintessential millennial thought right there, mm-hmm. I don't know what is. You know that's right. You know that's right. <laughs> We're going to take one more quick break. When we come back, churches and young adults keeping them together. But first, this week in nerd history. Stick around. <laughs> He's a super American. That was the original name that Joe Simon convened for Captain America, Super American. In his autobiography, he detailed how he decided, no, that didn't work because there were too many supers around. Captain America had a good sound to it. There weren't a lot of captains in comics, and it was as easy as that. The boy companion was simply named Bucky after his friend Bucky Pearson, a star on Joe's high school basketball team. The very first Captain America Comics comic book released on March 1st, 1941, and was published by Timely Comics. And while many of us have seen the iconic cover of Cap punching Adolf Hitler in the face, many of us may not realize that that was actually the very first Captain America comics cover, released one year into World War II. I'm Radio Matt. See you next time for more.
Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And today we're discussing how churches can keep young adults. But first, we're going to play a quick round of Who Said It? Hmm. This time I got quotes from Black Widow of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay. And Leia Organa from the Star Wars Universe. Okay. I will read the quote. Mo is going to guess which is which. Play along at home. One is timed. This one is timed. Yeah, 20 quotes, five minutes. What? What are you shaking your head at me for? Do you just want to demolish every bit of nerd credibility that I've earned? (laughs) I don't... I I feel very attacked (laughs) right now. I feel laughing cry emoji. And I'm triggered. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I recognized your foul stench when I was brought on board. Leia? Good job. You came in that thing. You're braver than I thought. Leia? Good job. Someday you're going to be wrong. I just hope I'm here to see it. Black Widow. Wrong. Mm. I'm surprised you can keep your mouth shut. (laughs) Black Widow? Good job. Your friend is quite a mercenary. I wonder if he really cares about anything or anybody. Leia? Good job. Everyone we know is trying to kill us. Black Widow. Good job. There's worse ways to go. Where else am I going to get a view like this? Leia. Wrong. Mm. Captain, being held by you isn't quite enough to get me excited. <laughs> um, is it Black Widow? Is that who you're choosing? Yeah. No. Really? <laughs> Man. The tricky one. The truth is a matter of circumstances. It's not all things to all people all the time, and neither am I. Leia. Wrong. My gosh. Is that dirty enough for you? Leia. Wrong. Seriously? (laughs) I'm not the one that needs to watch their back. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know anymore. I don't know. Leia. No. Gosh. We have powerful friends. You're going to regret this. Uh, Leia. Good job. Okay. You have your moments. Not many of them, but you do have them. See? Why? <laughs> um, Black Widow. Wrong. <sighs> you! Look, looking over your shoulder should be second nature. <laughs> I don't know. This is a pretty good one. Pretty tough one. Black Widow. Good job. Captain, none of this is going to mean a dang thing if we don't close that portal. <laughs> Leia. No. <laughs> I'm surprised that you had the courage to take the responsibility yourself. Leia. Yes. I don't know who you are or where you came from, but from now on, you'll do as I tell you, okay? Leia. Good job. Put that thing away. You're going to get us all killed. Oh, gosh. 
You Black got Widow. Oh, it's timed, isn't it? Yeah, we got a minute and 45, and that was wrong. Uh, he has a temper. Deep down, he's all fluff. Black Widow. Right. You didn't come here because I batted my eyelashes at you. Leia. Wrong. You got 50%. Wow. 10 out of 20. Yeah. Average score is 74. Mm-hmm. I suck. But that was a tough one. I honestly don't know if I would have gotten much better. They were really tricky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, whoever compiled this one did a really, really good job. They were really tricky. I've never really considered Leia and Black Widow to be very similar in a lot of ways. But mm-hmm. when you're hearing a quote... And it's kind of more of a, some of them you could easily pick out, but they're more obscure quotes. They're yeah. not very common, you know? And there were two that started with Captain. Yes. And yes. One, one was from each of them. Yes. Which was, yeah, uh-huh. good, good. Yeah. Difficult. They both, yeah. <laughs> I would have never said that they were similar female characters at all, but yeah, I guess they but are. here we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Well, it's been a it's been a minute since we've talked about like a church specific specific thing. Uh, we used to do these kind of lists all the time where mm-hmm. we would go through an article that has you know a specific amount of things for this thing to happen, and we'd kind of judge it. And so we're going to do that again today. We have a list from Lifeway Research that's called Ten Characteristics of Churches That Keep Young Adults." So we're going to go through each one of these and just kind of see if we agree with them or not. Okay. Uh, we're both like coming out of that young adult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 18 to 35. That's what young adults mm-hmm. typically are, are, uh, categorized as. Whatever. <laughs> that's how I got volunteered to be the teacher of our new young adult class here because I'm 35 and everybody else is younger than me. So that's fun. Yeah, they picked the old young adult to lead the young, young adult. The oldest young adult. All right. So a Lifeway research study of young adults raised in the church discovered certain characteristics can have an impact on the likelihood that they'll drop out of church. The good news for small churches is that neither the size of the church or the size of the student ministry has any influence on dropout rates. The most important characteristics are ones that every church can strive to embrace. So let's pick this first one here. Number one sincere or sincerity. Uh, When teenagers see church members as insincere, they are more likely to drop out. Relatively few young adults say the church they attended as a teenager was insincere, but dropouts say this more often. Uh, Among those who stayed in church, 17% saw church members in their teenage church as uh, insincere. That jumps to 24% of those who left. Similarly, when describing the church they attended as a young adult, 21% of those who stayed saw their members as insincere compared to 37 of those who dropped out. Yeah. Seem accurate? Sure. I believe most churches deal with a level of of this, uh, probably a high level of this. Oh, yeah. And it's not necessarily on purpose. Oops, sorry. But But more about... Well, you know, it's kind of like what we learned in CR, mm-hmm. how, you know, when you're in Celebrate Recovery, you're encouraged to 
be more open about your struggles, be more open about the things that you deal with. And even, you know, the Bible tells us, you know, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can find healing. And that's something that I think all of us don't do often Mm -hmm. as a normal church. We want to, we're almost in this kind of silent, uh, leaderboard for who has the least amount of problems on their sleeve. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that's where that insincerity comes in mm-hmm. is that we're, we're all wearing masks to try and hide the fact that we have problems, especially if we're like involved in ministries. Yeah. Like if you're, you're working with the children, you don't want to be coming in here crying about your, your failing marriage or your, or, you know, stuff like that, that real problems that you have to deal with, you want to hide them and continue to move on uh, in this role so no one will question the fact that you're in this position, mm-hmm. which no, nobody really working, would. If you're working with children, you don't want to come into church raging mad. Mm. And, your kids are yeah. anything like that. <laughs> Just fuming about how exhausted you are and about how the kids just don't listen and how just one more, one more kid looks at me sideways. I'm going to lose it. Don't worry. I'm better with other people's kids. I I used to say that all the time. It does get better. (laughs) I've always been, been honest that. I don't like other people's kids, so <laughs> I barely like my own. That's a step up. <laughs> uh, number two, I think, goes a lot of these are very similar, but number two is avoiding hypocrisy. Okay. One of the starkest differences among dropouts and those who stayed in churches, whether or not they viewed their church as hy- uh, hypocritical, 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 less than one in five young adults who stayed in church, 19% describe people in the church they attended as, uh, as a teenager, as hypocritical among those that left. However, the number jumps to nearly one in three from one in five to one in three. Okay. Uh, this one, I think, might be a little bit on both sides. What do you mean? I tend to find that people, a lot of people who get upset about hypocrisy in the church don't quite understand what the church is. Okay, yeah. Because if you, if you are being sincere, you know, if you're, if you're doing the opposite of what, you know, the insincerity is about, if you are being sincere and you come in and you're talking about how you're struggling... With this or that. That could be viewed as hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. I remember the first time I mentally made that that distinction, and it was when George W. Bush was president. Okay. Or he he was either president or he was, it was the lead up to that election. Okay. But uh, whatever the case, he was asked uh, if he ever smoked uh, pot. Okay. And he said, yes, in college, I smoked pot. Uh. And then he got called out as being a hypocrite because he was trying to, like, quell drugs, quell the drug trade in America. He's like, don't you see that as hypocritical? And, like, he got slammed for this. And I remember hearing that on the news thinking, just because he did it doesn't mean that he should be endorsing it, right? Like, it's okay to have a have a mistake in your past and realize later on... Yeah, that was dumb, and I probably would be better off if I hadn't done it. I would rather take advice from someone who has done something and (laughs) learned from their quote-unquote mistake as opposed to someone who 
thinks that they know something about something that they've never even experienced or done. Yeah. And so I, I think, I think that's a common problem with, Mm -hmm. with everybody really Yeah, is they misunderstand what hypocrisy really is. Hypocrisy is not, Oh, I did this in my past and I realized that was a bad choice. And so I'm telling you not to do it. It's I'm doing this right now, but I'm telling you not to do it. That's what real hypocrisy is. Right. It's like, it's wrong for you to smoke pot, but I'm going to keep doing it. Do as I say, not as I do. Right. That's. And we're not really getting into the pot debate. That's just the example that I had. Uh, <laughs> but uh, at the same time, there are a lot of people, I think, in churches who do do that. Who uh, <laughs> Not smoke <laughs> every pot. Every time. <laughs> not smoke pot. <laughs> who, who do have a sin in their own life, yes. but are still telling other people how wrong it is. Uh, and yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's becoming legal pretty much everywhere now. So I mean, there probably are a lot of people in churches. <laughs> oh my gosh. Here we go. That is Here a whole debate. Go. That is a whole show that we need to have eventually. Is like, you for real want to have it's, it? If it's legal. Whoa. Okay. I mean, is there, no, 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 is no, no, it no, 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 Bring it back. We are not talking about this today. We will have this discussion. It might happen soon because uh, they're trying to legalize it here in uh, New Mexico. Listen, I know a good day to have it on. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Gracious. Are we going to have a show that day? Let's find out. <laughs> sure are. <laughs> I know it's, what we're talking and about. And it's a Tuesday show. That's going to be on Twitch. That'll be fun. Oh, man. Yes. This is not uh, not set in stone. Just <laughs> Oh, it's set. It's set. All right. So number not three. Not stoned, but it's set. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I need some just to get through this show. <laughs> Number three. Oh, Authentic. For those, for hey, those can, right here. <laughs> for those who continued attending church, 69% described the church they attended as a teenager as authentic. That fell to 59% for those who dropped out. The difference is even more dramatic when the young adults described the church they attended from 18 to 22. Three in five of those who stayed in church, 60% said the people were authentic. Among those who dropped out, it was cut in half down to 32%. Uh, The similarities between each of these three characteristics, first three characteristics, uh, this should make it obvious how much important the next generation places on the general idea of being honest about your beliefs and working to live up to those standards. So yeah, those three were very similar in effect, as we were saying, uh, I mean, yeah, authenticity yeah. Mm-hmm. and see, like I said, they kind of, they kind of battle <laughs> between they really the two. Do. It's like, there's no winning. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Essentially they're asking be perfect, be honest about all your stuff, but make sure the stuff you're being honest about is also perfect already. Like don't have problems. Like, don't put on a fake mask to tell me your life is perfect. Actually have your life be perfect and then share that. That's essentially what you have to do to be 
all three of these things. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Yeah. To not be seen as a hypocrite. Yeah. And right. yet to be authentic mm-hmm. and sincere. Mm-hmm. All right. Number four, supportive. The next generation wants to know that they have support from these, uh, from those older than them when it comes to life decisions. When asked if a church, if church members in the congregation they attended as a student were disapproving of those who didn't meet with their expectations regarding issues like jobs, school, and marriage, 23% of those who stayed in church said that was the case compared to 36% who dropped out. Thinking about the church they attended as a young adult, 23% of those who said uh, stayed members uh, said that the members were disapproving of their life choices, while 42% of dropouts said that was the case. Uh, So I have a hard time with this one. Yeah. Simply because... I'm... There's going to be times where a person, especially someone who is older than you in the church, um, is going to appear to be disapproving of something that you're doing when really it's just concern. It's just Mm -hmm. care. Um, But then again, there are also times where decisions that you're making are not approved of. <laughs> they might be culturally acceptable, but not scripturally acceptable. Exactly. Which I think happens more and more often these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's got to be a tough balance. And that that's only going to get, that, that chasm's only going to get wider right. as time goes on. Uh, just thinking about how I explain some of the weird things that are happening right now <laughs> in our country to my kid, to where he understands them. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult. I still like the thing that I've been thinking of the most, and this, this got brought to my attention today. Cause I read an article about, uh, something our governor did. did and, uh, <laughs> it's like, how just say our governor did, <laughs> did, did, did. Okay. I got it. <laughs> well, get me arrested here. What's going on? What are you trying to do? <laughs> um, <laughs> How am I going to explain to my my kid abortion? You know, mm-hmm. like as a concept, and why people, how people can so almost you know personally righteously see it as such a good thing without any concern for the opposite argument. And like, how do I present that in a way that both doesn't demonize people who have had them Mm -hmm. and still makes clear that this is a abhorrent thing biblically? It's such a, that's just one of the 700 scary topics in my mind that I'm like, I'm eventually going to have to have these discussions as he starts, you know, hearing these things talked about. And like, it's just going to get worse. There's going to be more and more of these kind of discussions we're going to have to have. Like, yeah, most people you run into are going to believe this way. And this is why it's kind of wrong, but this is why you still need to love them in spite of it. And it's going to be a bad balancing act because I didn't really have that as a kid. My parents were not believers when I was growing up, but they held a lot of conservative beliefs. And Mm -hmm. so they stood for a lot of biblical ideals, even though they didn't really have any spiritual reasoning behind it. And so how it was presented to me was just everybody was evil, you know, 
yeah. everybody who did anything <laughs> that we dis- disagreed with was was bad mm-hmm. and should be treated as such. Yeah. And, you know, as we've grown up and, and you know, even my parents have come to these realizations, you know, as, as time's gone on. But as we've grown up, we realize, you know, how much we need to love those people and still be able to affirm the truth. Mm-hmm. And it's such a hard balancing act. And I can see how that would come off as unsupportive at times. Just like you said, someone having a genuine concern for a way that you're living, a part, part of your lifestyle. And uh, churches are supposed to be, you know, doing life together, sharing these things. And so we're supposed to be able to feel comfortable talking to our church family, mm-hmm. you know, about tough stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I agree. It's a tough, it's a tough subject. Mm-hmm. All of that to say, I agree. I have a hard time with this one too. <laughs> and going on with that one is non-judgmental. Number five, uh, in addition to wanting support, young adults are more likely to stay at churches that don't seem excessively judging. Around a quarter of those who stayed in church, 26% described both the congregation they attended as a teenager and the ones they attended as a young adult as judgmental. Among those who dropped out of church, uh, it was 38% said that as a teenager it was judgmental and 49% uh, as a young adult. Again. It's like that's half. Half of young adults don't want to be... <laughs> Don't want to feel like they're being judged. <laughs> uh, I find it as I find it not. It's not ha ha funny per se. It's more like just as there's no way around this. It's ironic. <laughs> yeah, there's no way around this. Part of church families' reason for existing is making sure each of us can build up the other into being our best uh, people for God, best people uh, walking our faith, showing our faith, and not being <laughs> hypocritical. <laughs> it's like it's turning you into the, you know, it's uh, putting the, turning the gun around on the other person now. Like, you, we don't want you to be hypocritical either. If we're not supposed to be hypocritical, we want to help you not be hypocritical. So if you're going to say that you're a Christian and, you believe, you know, what the Bible says is true and you want to honor God with all your life choices or whatever, then you should be okay with if you're not doing that. And it's plainly obvious. Someone says, hey, maybe, maybe don't do that. You know, can I help you get out of that <laughs> habit? Things of that nature. Mm-hmm. It's going to come off as judgy mm-hmm. if you're uber sensitive about it. We're only halfway through this list. Mm-hmm. Next one's forgiving. This is why we don't do lists. You said it's been a long time. You said we used to do this. And yeah. You remember how frustrated I would get with these That's lists? true. You would get pretty frustrated. Mm-hmm. I remember. Yeah. I've been a lot more pleasant <laughs> recently. Without these lists. Number six, forgiving. Part of a basic Christian doctrine is that human beings are fallen, and as such, we sin and need to be forgiven. Young adults want to know that their church will forgive them when they make mistakes. Half of those who stay in church, 52%, describe both the church they attended as a teenager and the one they attended as a young adult as forgiving. Fewer church dropouts describe either church they attended uh, that way more than two in five, say, members at their church they attended as a teenager were forgiving, while only 29% say the same about the church they attended as a young adult. Again, this cuts into the first three. Why do they have to be forgiving for your mistakes, but you're not forgiving of 
what you call their hypocrisy or insincerity. Their judgment. <laughs> their judgment. Their unsupportiveness. Anything that you see as a as a uh, mistake or a bad thing. You know, one of the things that you and I have talked about in the past at length is something that we both had a problem with uh, at a time and maybe sometimes still do is when someone offends us, it's really hard not to automatically assume it was on purpose, mm-hmm. but we need to assume that they didn't understand that they, what they said was hurting us instead of assu- assuming that they had malicious intent right? until you have a discussion about it. Yeah. <laughs> And I feel like this is this is where this lands, is that uh, they don't want to be judged, they don't want hypocrites, blah, 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 but they'll jump on that as the reason to leave instead of actually resolving the situation. Mm-hmm. But if they make a mistake, they want to be accepted and receive that forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It's not going both ways, guys. It's mm-hmm. not going both ways. It's got to go both ways. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, number seven, inspirational. Churches that inspire the next generation to think beyond themselves and point them to Christ are more effective at retaining young adults. Here we go. When thinking about the church they attended as a teenager, 46% of those uh, who stayed active in church uh, said that their church members were inspirational compared to 36% of those who dropped out. When asked about their congregation as part of a young adult, 43% said those who stayed uh of those who stayed said that their church was inspirational, while only 20% of those who left would say the same. So less than. Why did you say, here we go? Because I feel like this is a good one. This is a really good one that churches should go for. Not not inspirational as a whole, but like inspirational that considers them, inspires them to be the next generation to think beyond themselves and point them to Christ. That version of inspiration, I think, is right. So for me, we have read six. Yes. Fluffy characteristics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I can only assume that this seventh one, simply titled inspirational. But it's described. Could also <laughs> mean motivational. Possibly. Not yeah. gospel preaching. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But more like, again, fluffy. Yeah, I will say there there is a there is a large number of churches that have been rising up where instead of like a biblical based sermon where you take a passage of scripture and build a lesson off of that, instead they're building like a top ten list of of uh, ways to live your life, and then they find a scripture to go along with each one of them. Mm-hmm. And those are two very different kinds of churches. Yes. And the latter would be often seen more as inspirational. Right. When you yeah. consider inspirational, it's something that m- makes you feel uplifted and good and encouraged, and you leave feeling happy and motivated. And that's not always a bad thing. It's not always a bad but thing. But it shouldn't be the only thing. Absolutely. And if you have a sermon, you know... Once or twice a month, that's not entirely inspirational. Is that grounds to say, peace out, homies, I'm done. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? The Bible is not completely inspirational right? when you read it in its entirety. Yeah. It's hopeful. Mm -hmm. You're right. You're right. You're right. All right. Next up. Number eight, caring. As the next generation moves into adulthood, they want to know the church uh, of which they are a part of will care for them. 
Among those who stayed active in the church, 62% described members of their teenage church as caring, and 59% say the same thing about their congregation as a young adult. Church dropouts paint a different picture of their churches. Almost half say church members were caring uh, at the church they attended as a teenager, but only 33% say the same at the church as they attended as a young adult. Okay. Caring is a good one. I, You know what? This one I can get behind. Yes. I really can. We oh. need a caring church. And there are several churches who fail to meet that standard. 100%. Yeah. Um, as a person who is displaced from family, our church has kind of always been mm-hmm. our extended family. Mm-hmm. You know, and not having that feeling of family, that feeling of connection or concern and care with our lives or our children's lives, our family's life, things that are happening, it can leave you feeling really lonely. Yeah. You know, and life in and of itself has periods of loneliness. And it's in that time we're called to carry each other's burden. Mm-hmm. And if the church doesn't care, then where's the burden carrying? You know, where's yep. the fellowship? Yep. Uh, next one I think is similar. Uh, number nine is welcoming. Young adults want to know they'll be welcomed by their church family. For those who stayed, 65% described their churches they attended as a young adult as welcoming. Among those who dropped out, only 37% say the same. Mm-hmm. This one's difficult, <clears throat> though. Mm-hmm. This one is difficult to um, put into action. Yeah. Because there's so many people... You know, what does welcoming look like? What does a welcoming church look like? Yeah. And a lot of people envision that as... Affirming. (laughs) Well, yeah. And it's my first Sunday here. I want for somebody to notice me. I want to be welcomed. Don't you come over here and talk to me. Don't you shake my hand. Do you know what I mean? There's that really fine line between... I don't understand people who want to be noticed when they're visiting a church. <laughs> so, and I have been in the place where it is that fine line of, I don't want anybody to notice me. I do not want to feel like the new person, but then leaving going, nobody even cared. Mm. Nobody even said hello. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, lastly, unified. Young adults had to endure cliques in school and have seen the divisiveness present in American culture. They want to be a part of a church body uh, that's embodying unity. Slightly more than a quarter, 27% of those who stayed in church, say members of the church they attended as young adults displayed cliquish behavior. That jumped to 41% of those who dropped out. This one's interesting because... We were once accused of cliquish behavior mm-hmm. in our church mm-hmm. when we were really just the only people that wanted to hang out with each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we had uh, a group of a group of people. You know, like we 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 were the young adults. We were all the same age, mm-hmm. and we would probably once a month. Have a you know dinner or get together, do something, some mm-hmm. sort of thing, but it was never, never presented as a it's just us that are allowed to be there mm-hmm. situation. In fact, right. on, on many occasions, it was posted on Facebook for anybody mm-hmm. to come hang out in our church. But we had people who were upset that 
well, why do they hang out all the time? Mm-hmm. And we're not there. Like, well, you're welcome to come there. Well, we're not going to come. Yeah. It was a very strange situation where we didn't feel like we were being clickish, And we certainly weren't. There were times we had people that hadn't been hanging out with us before who would come. We wanted them to stay. Yeah. And many of them continued to come after that. Mm-hmm. But uh, for some reason, a large number of people saw from the outside, saw that as we were keeping the rest of the church out. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how to respond to that. I still don't really know how to, how to, how, how do I prove the other way? You know, you don't in yeah. that, in that regard, it, I had to really come to the conclusion that it's a, it's a matter of the heart in that person, mm. you know, um, it's easy to find defense. It's more difficult to take a step back and go, okay, we, and you just said this earlier, you know, that, if something is not malicious in nature, mm-hmm. you have to have that conversation with somebody and be willing to sit down and say, okay, well, this is how I took it. And then hear them explain, I'm sorry that you felt that way. This was the true intent. Right. I am sorry that. And that was the issue. Feelings. Is that it wasn't brought to you or any of us. Right. It was complained to the pastor. It was complained to other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. We, we kind of found about it, found out about it secondhand, third hand. Right. Like, what do we, what do you do in that situation? There's nothing you can really do. No, because then at that point to extend the invitation would have been almost, I would have felt like it would have been a slap in the face. Like pandering. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, so and again, it's one of those things. It, yeah. So I think, yeah, that's one of those things that but... I think is partly on the, the heart of the individual looking exactly. at the situation. Mm-hmm. And so to say that your church is unified or not, it really depends on, well, how active are you? Mm -hmm. Like, is someone actually kicking you out of their group? Or if you actually got up and showed up, do you think you might be proven wrong? Right. That they're not cliquish. They're just the only ones that are actively wanting to hang out together. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't even want to be there half the time. <laughs> but that's a me problem. Exactly. That's an introvert problem. Aren't you glad I was married to, well, still am. Aren't you glad I was married to that beautiful woman? Uh, <laughs> she, she kept guilting me into going to places. Uh-huh. We want to hang out with friends. We have friends. We should treat them like friends. We need to. They know we're friends. We need to go back to doing that. <laughs> I. This is this is my Friday night here. With you. I know. I know. <laughs> Eventually, I'll be able to make money elsewhere and not have to do this janitor job, and that'll free up two nights. Yeah, two nights a week, and that'll be nice. Mm-hmm. But until we get there, <laughs> all right. So the list overall, I mean, the list isn't bad because it's not saying that these are the things that all churches have to do. It's saying that these are the things that young adults are looking for. And in that sense, I think the list is correct. <laughs> sure. But, okay. But in the sense of, is this even a possibility without conflicting with all, some of them conflict directly with the other ones? I don't know. I don't know that it's really possible. I think most of these boil down to your own biases and perceptions when you walk into a church. Mm-hmm. Not sure there is anything that can be done. 
aside from just personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, this list, I think, um, like the people it's referencing is lacking a lot of maturity. Mm. Um, and in that sense, it's almost something that a church and yeah, it's almost something that the church as a whole just needs to be willing to kind of understand one of those growing pains, Yeah, you know, that for so long there's a, and I'm not saying as a whole, but for so long, kids were forced to go to church. They were forced to go to youth group. They were forced to enjoy their time on Sunday and Wednesday. And, you know, mm -hmm. so as they're kind of coming out of that and becoming young adults and be a being able to make decisions on their own, it's going to be very easy for them to see um, what we would consider or what they would consider as negative aspects yeah. of the church and just kind of to give them reason to doubt and to question in that regard, really the only thing that the church can do is continue to love them. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the title was 10 characteristics of a church that keep young adults. It really just needs to be, the one thing we can do to keep young adults in the church, <laughs> love them, Yeah, you know, because they're going to make mistakes and they're going to, they're not going to have a full 100% understanding because they're changing, they're yeah. growing, they're maturing. And in that process, it's going to take a little bit of immaturity to get there. Yeah. You know, now there is one thing that's not on this list that I feel like is important. Okay. And that is the fact that too many churches just don't know what to do with young adults. Too many churches don't have uh, outreach, discipleship groups, small groups, or anything of that nature for, especially the early, like the right out of youth group into college age. Yes. Because if you've been growing up in the church, you've been attending youth group since sixth grade and mm -hmm. suddenly you're 18 and yeah. they let you cling on until the summer and then, right. well, now you got to graduate yes. to the next class. A lot of churches don't have a place for you to go. Well, go, go sit with the adults in their yeah. Sunday school class. The, oh, all the 50 year olds. Exactly. You've I'll fit right in. <laughs> yeah. You've had this group of accountability. Mm-hmm you know, that you've walked with and you've done life with for the last several years and you've grown with and that yeah. understand accountability you. and camaraderie. Exactly. Yeah. You guys already know and you feel safe together. And then you want to just throw us in exactly like you said with this group of 50 year olds. No, thank you. Yeah. You know, these people are grumpy and complaining about their kids that are just a couple years older than us. Why are we going to go? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's completely understandable in that regard. And you're exactly right. Churches just don't have enough, um, I don't want to say groups, but enough, I don't know. Just focus. I, I feel like it's the- Discipleship. Yeah. I feel like it's the the last age group to be thought of. Yeah. So if you're building up things in the church, you're going to focus on the kids' ministries- the youth ministries, the adult ministries, and then eventually you'll get to that weird little young adult section. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and I think that's something that, that my home church has struggled with for years, for years and years. I remember we were, I was fortunate that when I got out of uh, youth group, there were so many of us in my age group mm-hmm. here that they almost had to come up with something. And so we're like, okay, there's like six of you. So we are going to do something. And they did. And, and it lasted until, uh, you know, long after I moved away for a while. Um, but by the time we came back though, that had fizzled out mm-hmm. because the numbers had dwindled down a bit to where there were only like two young adults. I'm like, okay, well expand young adult beyond just college age. Mm-hmm. You know, young adult really can mean up to 35 years old, right? 18 to 35 college and career, you know, make it, make it that age group. They'll all get along. And if nothing else, the older in that group, will be able to help minister to the younger in that group. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, we're, we're just getting it figured out now too. Let's help you in that regard. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause you don't, <laughs> when you're, when you're, when you're getting wisdom from your elders, that doesn't always mean it's gotta be the, the 80 year old people in your church that have something, you know, wisdom to share about growing up. Sometimes it's just the next generation up can help you. The next mm-hmm. decade up can help you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, we've gone in, waves of this at our church. Uh, and I think we're just now starting to get back into it again. Uh, like I said, we've got a, we've been starting a new Bible study, uh, on Wednesday nights for young adults and it's already got quite a few people in it. Uh, not just staff, which is good because most of our staff is in the, uh, late twenties, early thirties range. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's something that we just, we lack uh, as churches in general. And I don't know that it's, I don't know that it's purposeful or that it's just not knowing what to do. Cause it's, it's, it's a weird age range. It's an, it's a weird age range and how to, it's how, it's hard to figure out how to build that class. It's hard to figure out how to get that age group excited for it. Because at the same time, I know that had I been like one or two people who graduated out of youth group, and it was just us, and they had started a class, and it was 18 to 35-year-olds, and there was a bunch of, you know, late 20s, early 30s, and then me, who's Mm -hmm. 18, I don't know that I would keep going. Yeah. So at the same time, it's kind of got to be on the part of the young adult at least the early young adult, to find people to surround themselves with. And I think that might be part of the mindset. It's like, well, at this point, they've got to build their own kind of accountability team, build their own Bible studies, and hoping that they'll do that in college, hoping they'll do that with the BSUs or the campus you know, yeah. groups and stuff like that. I just, they're hoping that that'll supplement it, I guess. And we are next to a big college town. Right. And that might be the mindset of the churches in this area. But uh, I didn't do anything with the BSU when I was in college. Yeah. <laughs> All they did was give out free hamburgers every Wednesday uh, and then make you come listen to a sermon because it was their version of uh, witnessing. I'm like, well, I'm already a Christian, so I'm going to grab this burger and then I'm going to sneak out the back. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. So I'm not saying that I'm letting the churches off the hook, but I'm also saying I understand how difficult it could be to really start something that will continue to go, continue to grow. 
Yeah. It Unless is, you're a bigger church. Yeah. You're exactly right. However, you know, it is, it is difficult, but at the same time, it's honestly really simple, mm-hmm. you know, and truthfully, when you were talking about that season where we were considered a click, yeah. um, that's what we were doing. But you that know, was something that we had to do for ourselves. Absolutely. It yeah. was something that we had to do for ourselves, but it was so easy. Yeah. It was so, it didn't require a whole lot of funding. It didn't require any bells and whistles. It didn't require, you know, we as like-minded and similar aged adults said, let's do dinner and games. Yeah. And it took a lot of the pressure off, you know, took away a lot of the expectations of, well, what are we supposed to do? Where do we have, where are we going to go? What are we going to talk about? You know? Yeah. And we were just people just doing life, getting to know each other and holding each other accountable. Yeah. You know, and that in that age group, that is what they need, you know, and that whole list, I think, was met in our times together. Yeah. Yeah. You know, (laughs) I don't know. There was no hypocrisy. There was no judgment. It was honestly just friendship, you know, and I think that's what really what that young adult generation craves. They want to know that they belong. They want to know they have somewhere safe to land. They want to know that they've got people who care. Yeah. And sure, it takes um, some responsibility on their own part. But it also takes the want to, if you will, of others, Mm. you know, to not just push it off and say, yeah, okay, yeah, that sounds like fun. But no, let's actually commit and make this happen. You're right. You're right. I think that's an equal part between the church and the individual. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. So if these are the things that you want in your church, you can't just go in there and expect it just to be given in your direction. Mm Mm-hmm that you also need to give those things. Sow that seed. Right. In the same manner that you want to reap it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. I like it. It was a good discussion. Yeah. Not a fantastic list, but a good discussion. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually how it always happens. <laughs> All right. We're going to take one more break. Don't go anywhere because when we come back, we'll share our latest Twitter poll about young adult programs in your church. More Backroom Morning Show to come. Stick around. What up, nerd? Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. We hope you're enjoying it. But hey, did you know that Love Thy Nerd airs almost all of its podcasts first on LTN Radio? That's right. LTN Radio is your home for the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie music. And it's also the place to go to hear Love Thy Nerd's content before it reaches the podcast feed. In addition to that, Love Thy Nerd creates a lot of content that's exclusive to LTN Radio that you're missing out on. So go check out LTNOnAir.com and listen for yourself. You can also download the Live 365 app on your smartphone and search in favorite LTN Radio or enable the LTN Radio skill on your Echo devices and simply ask Alexa to play Love Thy Nerd. Now let's get you back to that podcast.
back to the Back Row Morning Show as things are winding down for the day. But first, we wanted to know about your churches, so we took to Twitter to ask, does your church currently offer discipleship programs for young adults? Uh, so we, again, put that as ages 18 to 35, and we just gave you a simple yes or no. And uh, pretty conclusive, uh, only about a third, 35%, said that, uh, yes, their church does. Wow, two thirds, sixty—well, almost two thirds, sixty-five percent says uh, no. Okay, so it is definitely something that is common. Yeah, too common, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hmm. And uh, we had a our, our friend Tony Tony Ritter uh, mm-hmm. Ritter Ritter. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Basically, started a very long conversation that drew quite a few responses, even from uh, someone who's verified and everything about how some churches basically if you're if you're a single woman older than 18 churches just don't even consider you anymore yeah a person mm-hmm. a person of necessity or value yeah and i completely can see that point it's not until you I was going to say it's not until you get married, but I would even venture to say it's not until you become a mom, you mm. have kids, mm. that you kind of become relevant again. Yeah. And that's only because you got kids. And so you're adding into the children's ministry and the youth ministry, you know, you're just one more warm body to help take care of the children. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I guess I can kind of see that. And again, that's one of those things that I'm not sure if it's uh, really intentional, but uh, it, it's it's also like just, just kind of like how churches don't really know what to do with the the young adults. What what do we do? what do we do with no? You're exactly <laughs> right, woman. especially now because it's like you want to get them involved, you want to offer them places to serve, but. Mm-hmm. It almost feels um, sexist, if you will, to offer them where they can serve. Right, like, right. You want to be a part of the kitchen staff? <laughs> Why? So I can make your sandwich? Is that what you're saying? You want to work in the yeah. nursery like one Sunday out of the month? Why? Because I'm a woman and I'm supposed to be able to take care of kids? Is that, you know? It, it's a rough yeah, situation. It is. It really, really situation. is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, is it the only thing I'm good for starting a singles ministry? What if I don't want to be known as the single person? <laughs> singles person. Yeah. It's a weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get it, though. I get it. Well, I don't get it because I'm not a single woman. Never have been. But I can see how that would definitely be a problem. But listen, it's just as simple as. And, you know, this kind of goes back to what Love Thy Nerd stands for. It just goes back to take away all the fluff, take away all the expectations, and just find people that are similar to you in some way, roughly around your same age, and start hanging out. Yep. Yep. I agree with that. All right, Mo, let's end with our verse for the day. The verse for the day is Psalm 31, 1. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge 
Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me. And that is going to do it for our show today. Be sure to check out all of what we do online at lovethynerd.com. We've got amazing articles on all things nerdy, as well as this show, LTN Radio, and our other podcasts and videos. If you'd like to directly support our mission and become a financial partner with Love Thy Nerd, and specifically with LTN Radio, then please visit lovethynerd.com slash partner, and you can choose LTN Radio from the drop-down menu, if you so choose. Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax deductible. Make sure you're following us on all the socials at at the back row LTN at LTN on air and at love thy nerd and the back row morning show has its own Facebook group community for Christian humor back row Baptist church. So search us out and join in on the fun. Lastly, remember that we air first exclusively on LTN radio, LTN on every Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 10 a.m. But if you miss a day or just can't catch the show live, find the back row morning show podcast version on Spotify, Apple podcasts, and etc. Subscribe, rate five stars, and leave a review. All those things help us out immensely. We'll be back tomorrow morning, and we hope you will too. Mo, final thought. Let's have a game night. <laughs> Once again, I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And remember, if nobody else tells you, we promise that it's true. Jesus loves you, nerd. Cool.